Hello and good evening, everybody. My name's Eddie Hill with Paranormal Analytical, along with Rick Warren and James Toops. How you doing, gentlemen? Great. What's up, guys? How's Eddie? Uh, doing great. Now, listen, we've got a show tonight that people have been waiting to hear for quite a while. And uh, I'm going to bring uh, our special guest in. I'm going to bring Mark into the room here. He's sitting in the waiting room right now waiting for us. And we're going to be talking about werewolves, dogmen, Bigfoots, all these cryptid animals. And we're probably going to hit around the outside edges of some of these as well. But he's got some interesting stories. And he's been doing this for quite some time because it's fascinated him. Let's welcome Mark to the room. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing, Eddie? How you doing, guys? What's up, Mark? Doing great. Doing great. Now, we've already got people jumping into the chat room. So, this is going to be one of those shows which I find real fascinating because, as most of you know, uh, I had an experience, not a live experience with a dog man, but a, an experience, nevertheless, where we were being contacted by uh, quite a few, actually, that uh, were making some uh, pretty outlandish claims for a while. Uh, and uh, it's, so, it's a subject that's kind of close to my heart, that... At first, I had a hard time uh, actually believing or or, or uh, taking any truth out of, I should say. But after everything that's been said and everything that's been done, you know, I have a feeling that these uh, these cryptids do exist. Mark, I want you to take us back, as far back as you can, to when you first started getting involved in cryptids and what made you make this jump into the world of these hidden animals which are so difficult to prove as far as existence okay well it started about four years ago um on a fishing trip with me and my fiance and we're at an area lake we always go to um and we were sitting on the docks and it was you know midnight uh nobody on the lake nice and quiet and uh, catching a couple of fish here and there. And uh, we noticed that uh, some waves had come in uh, from a direction on the other side of the lake um, that were really big. There was no boats on the, on the lake whatsoever, uh, no motor sound, no nothing. Um, and we both looked at each other and we're like, what, what's going on here? Uh, so the waves roll past us and they roll off into this inlet and uh, right after the waves kind of struck over there, you could hear the hear the waves on the shore. Started hearing rocks being thrown in the water, hmm. and it went on. Uh, I mean, the total length of that going on was probably a good fifteen minutes, uh, just nonstop something throwing rocks in the water towards us uh, at the at the um, dock that we were fishing off of. Fiance runs, goes and locks herself in the car. I think it's somebody playing a prank on us. So I'm looking over in that direction and I'm yelling at him. Hey, what's going on, you guys? You know, quit doing that. You're scaring everybody, blah, blah, blah. No voice, no sound, no nothing, just rocks. Rocks keep going, getting thrown. I get spooked and uh, we both end up leaving. And it, it, it scared both of us. It, it, uh, it was one of those things where she's never going to come back out to the lake again. <laughs> um, and we, we, I wanted to see what was over on that, that shore. So I took binoculars out the next day 
and there were what looked to be um, drag marks all up and down that shore. Um, it almost looked like like uh, something had stepped up in there or slipped, and and there was a lot of claw marks or whatever. It, I couldn't really tell, but that's when I started going. Wait a second, there's something going on here, and it brought me back to a real and I mean a real close encounter I had back in '94. And but but that's that's the four years ago. That's what got me into start, you know, searching for proof that cryptids and, and dogmen and Bigfoot, you know, were really out there. Now, now let me ask you real quick, Mark, getting spooked by all this kind of stuff, you know, on your first encounter like that, which you weren't expecting. I mean, a lot of people would have said, you know, Hey, I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. As a matter of fact, I doubt if I'm ever going to go camping again, you know, just because, you know, they're, you know, something like that is, you know, kind of, you know, that's menacing. Let's face it. I mean, you know, that's a fight or flight type situation. And, but you're prior military as well, correct? Yes. So you're kind of trained to head toward the danger and not away from it. Right. Do you think this right here is one reason why you, you're you the way you are, why you became more tenacious and said, you know what, I'm going to go after these things. I want to know what they are. I want to try and find proof. I mean, what, what's what's your reasoning behind it? Um. That's pretty much, I mean, you pretty nailed it. You nailed it on the head, Eddie. I mean, um, you know, I served overseas and, uh, we went into a lot of wooded areas and you saw a lot of weird stuff. Um, and you either did it or, I mean, you had to, you know, it wasn't a question of, you know, am I going to run? You just had to face it. So there we are. And that's, that's the way I look at it. You know, I mean, it is kind of crazy, I guess, to other people. You know, they look at us like, oh, my God, you guys are nuts. You're going to get killed out there. Now, let me let me ask you real quick, Mark. We got a question coming in from the chat. Uh, Jerry Henderson, he says, did the footprints have the look of claws trying to grip rocks or wet sand? So it was wet sand there, which I'm still trying to figure out where did you get the rocks from? Because I know that that lake, but like the back of my hand. I mean, I've scouted that lake, and I know there's no rocks over there. You know, were, was it were they carrying them? I, I still can't. I don't get that one. Now I've been told that they do carry things like rocks, or use rocks in their look in their areas for defense. You know, and and I have a feeling that if there's something that. Uh, you know, they feel threatened by or they don't want around, they're going to use whatever they can. At least that's the stories I've heard. Um, I've heard stories where they've thrown logs, where they've thrown rocks, where they've thrown basically whatever they can find. And I'm not talking, you know, baseball-sized rocks either. I'm talking things like cinder block size, you know, big (laughs) ones that a normal human isn't going to be able to throw that far. I mean, I've tried throwing cinder blocks, and I mean, honestly, I can't get any range out of them. But these things are supposedly throwing them, you know, 20, 30 yards with, without a problem. Right. And this, you know, you can tell the difference between a big log being thrown or a really large rock being uh, thrown. And uh, this was like a, a really nice plunk. It was almost like it, it was almost like it was trying to let me know it was there, 
uh, and just like maybe beware and uh, don't come any closer. Um, and that hinges that that kind of goes back to the '94 uh, really really strong encounter. Okay, and Dylan Holiday, uh, he was a, a host on our show uh, when we had quite a few uh, dogmen type things going on. He he threw a question out there. And he wants to know, in your opinion, do you think that Bigfoots or Dogmen could be some form of uh, alien, possibly? And that's one of the stories we've heard before. But, you know, is it or isn't it? What do you think? I mean, my belief is definitely, yeah. You think it is? Yeah, you think it's a alien? a strong possibility. And uh, let's see here. I think we've got all the questions. Everybody's kind of like saying hi back and forth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being in the chat room. Thank you so much. James, you're sitting there very quiet. What's your, uh, you got anything to throw that way? Yeah, you know, just a couple of things. Um, I don't know if it would be alien, but I think it would be something like a species that, that hasn't been identified yet. You know, if you think about how many species there are on planet Earth um, and the fact that, you know, the ocean's only been 10% discovered, Um Maybe they're just so elusive that we hadn't identified them yet, right? Um, I don't know, but Eddie, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the show before, you know, talking about this, but, um, and, you know, I'm, I haven't put my finger on this still to this day, but uh, back in the day, I was in a place called Devil Swamp. It's like a cane field back in Louisiana, South Louisiana. Uh, it's called Devil Swamp, and um, there's a train track that runs through uh, the cane field, and I was out there one night, parked in my truck. I had a little white S10 truck, you know, and I was parked right by the railroad track, um, me and, and an acquaintance of mine. And, um, you know, hanging out and stuff, you know, just talking shit in the middle of the night. And the next thing you know, we're like, all right, well, you know what, let's get out of here. And so I get in my truck, start it up, doors are closed, I'm fixing to pull off, and something hit the door of my truck. Um, I don't know. It, I looked down, it looked like a bear. It could have been a bear or something. I know there's black bear down there. But bears, the black bears are not really aggressive. This thing hit the side of my truck. And, dude, when I tell you, I peeled and hauled ass out of that cane field. Uh, it was keeping up with my truck, doing like 35, 40 miles an hour. I don't know if I ever told this story on the show before. Um, I just thought about it, though, you know, with Mark talking about it. You know, and uh, we eventually outran it and got into town. And, dude, it spooked the shit out of me so bad that I got up to a red light and I hit a guy on a bicycle. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I did. Man. I hit a guy on a bicycle with a cop sitting at the corner. He was in his car. And I was like, shit, I'm going to jail. Well, the guy gets up and he gets back on his bike. He, he brushes himself at me. And then his buddy gets up and gets back on the handlebars. So I actually hit two guys on a bicycle. Uh, it's <laughs> at me. And I thought for sure I was going to jail, man. But, you know, like just thinking back to it, um, this thing, it hit, the, it hit my driver's door of my truck. Like, as soon as I got in my truck, closed the door, started it up, it was like, boom! And I looked down, I'm like, what the fuck is that? So we took off, and, you know, I mean, I'm hauling ass, and I'm doing 30 or 40, and it's running on the side of my truck. And when about about the time I got to about 50, I started peeling away from it. And I don't think bears can run 40 miles an hour. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I think they can get pretty quick. I'm going to read a couple of 30, questions, and I'm going to turn it over to Rick yeah. real quick. But uh, we've got uh, Darren Wedlock says that you believe in these cryptids before your experience, Mark. Not at all. No, so this wasn't something you even thought about. No, I, as a matter of fact, if you'd have mentioned that to me back in the day, I just looked at you and said you were nuts. Okay, and, and Dylan asked, 
Were there any symbols left like crop circle, but in the sand or rock? You know, was there anything that you found in that area that could, you know, resemble maybe a, like a, like a crop circle or something that it could have done to show its territory? Yeah. Footprints, paw prints, just the paw really prints and footprints. Started, started seeing huge paw prints in that area after that. Okay. Three and, and we, and we, foot, we've, foot we've got or... one more, one more question over here that I wanted to bring up that I've been kind of waiting to the end to get to as far as this goes. And Jerry Henderson asked, do you think these things could be gene spliced? And I've got a story about that later, Jerry, that I'm going to bring to your attention. But uh, what's your opinion there, Mark? Gene spliced as in like, like created, like created like hybrid. Yeah. Like, like lab created yeah, hybrid. right? DNA, mm-hmm. man. You know, that's, that's like when you ask me about the alien stuff, it's like, there's so many different realms. These things could be from, I mean, like me and Rick, were talking about, you know, Indian spiritual world, stuff yes. like that. Um, uh, who knows, you know, it's like, good God, it's, it's a huge realm. Well, I'm going to turn this over to Rick because I want Rick to get in there because Rick's going to hit us from the Native American uh, part of this whole ordeal. And I want to hear some of what you've got to say on this, Rick, and uh, jump on it. Hey, buddy. Thanks a lot. Mark, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate you being on. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. uh, Mark and I was talking earlier, and I asked him, uh, we, we talked about the Wendigo, we talked about uh, James. This is going to involve you down there in Louisiana, uh, the Rougarou, yep. and different aspects of different um, uh, occurrences of these sightings of not only the Dogman but the Wendigo, as far as it being in a spiritual realm. Uh, Mark and I also talked about how this is spread throughout. Uh, cultures throughout belief systems throughout well i mean just like with you james down there in, in louisiana okay but at the same time you know these are things that are we have a lot of personal um sightings we have a lot of personal events that have happened just like eddie and mark and, and you james um this is what i found out as far as what um um we were getting ready to do this show and i went to the native american center here in wichita kansas and talked to a couple people and they were uh pointing me to a couple of elders and i called them up and talked to them and told them hey what what do you think about this what is your opinion and they said yeah that these are people that are 80 70 and 80 years old that talk about the story times that they had when they were children not only up in uh, the Michigan area, but in Ohio, uh, different states around the Great Lakes region. Um, some of them is from North Carolina, South Carolina, down through there. And these are events that have stuck with these people. And a lot of these people that are elders and everything really sometimes don't want to talk about something that's at private to them. But this is something that is held and recognition along with the different tribes and everything, just like Mark was talking about, that is being brought forth as being evidence, not only in a spiritual sense, but in a physical sense also. What do you think about that, Mark? I mean, I think you're like onto something that's probably closer than anything else that I could think of. I mean, the, the alien thing or, or the, the, the cult thing or the supernatural. I, I kind of believe it's more infused with the spiritual 
uh, and especially with the the uh, the native the natives. Uh, you know, I mean, they use names for for these uh, just like you were saying. In, in every every different tribe has a different name for them. You know, Cherokee has Anawaya. You yes. know, um, this is uh, <clears throat> this isn't you know, a movie prop thing or, or, uh, uh, they, they were here long before we were us white guys. <laughs> um, you know, Europeans didn't come around here until you know, what, you know, way later. Than, and, and I've heard all of the stories also myself, uh, um, from our tribe and from our, my elders too. And, mm-hmm. uh, they don't say things that they don't mean, you know, exactly. if they don't, if they do not mean it, and and if it's not true, they're not going to say it. Uh, and this is something that they pass down generational too. It's not, it's it's not a you know, a, it's not like we do in the campfire and tell the, the the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts some scary stories. This is their way of life. This is this is how they live. This is what they've seen. This is their legend. You know, uh, so I I put a lot of um, trust. And uh, um, optimism in the truth on that side, right there. Hey, so here's here's the thing. I was so you remember the story of Atlantis, uh, stuff like that. Civilizations that were here long, long, long before us, thousands of years before, maybe billions before. Um, what if this is something that a civilization back in the day, like a million years ago, came up with? Did a gene splice on it? Um, for whatever reason, that civilization died out, but these things remained, and uh, and they're still here to this day. You know, um, it's just something I was thinking about earlier. You know, like technology back a million years ago could have been way more advanced than what we are now, um, and then all of a sudden something happened back then to where they got wiped out. But these things, for whatever reason, stayed. Um, you know, so it could be a scientific deal, it could be a spiritual thing. I don't, I don't know if it'd be an alien thing. Because I can't see an alien planet dumping a primitive creature on a primitive planet. You know what I mean? Yeah, but are they yeah. primitive? That's the question. They're not driving Priuses. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, being because they still okay. live in the woods. I, I got I to throw this out there real quick. Uh, James, Just Dylan said, James, you asked that again, that question about the foot. It, uh, that foot is important. So I ask yes. that again. On that was the footprint that Mark was, was it three-toed or was it a full footprint, like a big foot or a person foot? Or what, can you describe what kind of print was it? Well, there's a lot of different ones. There's uh, They're always four-claw. Okay. Um, and when I first started finding them, I thought that it was bear. I thought it was black bear. Um, I was always sure it was black bear. Um, but then I started doing a little research and I'm like, well, wait a second, you know, bears, a five clawed animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a pretty wide set that's pretty recognizable. And I, you know, I started seeing these and I was like, well, that's four claw. And, and it, I'm, so I started thinking it was a big dog, you know, then there were some, and I've, I've, you know, I posted some pictures up on, uh, um, Facebook for Eddie um there were some that were full um tarsal heel and four claw and then there was then there were some that were just huge 
where there was no hill or anything, like it stood up on its haunches. Well, dogs have what three three claws. I did. <laughs> anyway, dogs dogs have like in the front like three, right? Or four. no, I think oh, they're four. They're all four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now Jerry Jerry says animalistic breed. Let's drop it off here. Wait, what? Jerry says animalistic breed. Let's drop it off here. Yeah. You know, heard alien freaking, uh, you know, dogs that are wolverines or whatever that piss on the carpet. They don't want them anymore, so dump them off over so, here. So here's uh, Darren says, Rick, how far back do the stories go in Native American stories? How far back do they go? Oh, wow. They go clear back to the Mohican, the Huron, up around the Canadian Lakes, Great Lakes region, um, the Ojibwa, up around that region and everything, the Blackfoot, Santee, everybody. All of those tribes up there have a distinctive story concerning these type of animals, and they called them animals. They didn't say anything about it being, you know, extraterrestrial or anything else like that. This was more kind of toward an animal, but I mean... You have to realize that back then that they portrayed things in the best way that they could portray them in the essence of artwork or storytelling. Just as we do with the Roman times and things like that, we don't know what exactly happened to everything in the Roman era. Just like in the Native American world, we don't have solid proof of everything that happened back then, but the storytelling has been something that's been handed down, just like Mark was talking about, through generational. Okay, now we've got Dylan Holliday. He says, Mark, had you seen one of these creatures with your own eyes? And if so, can you describe any features that might separate this creature from, let's say, a bear or a wolf? And I'll let you jump in there. The ears. Okay. I've... I've, I've never walked up on one and got close enough to describe really, really in depth uh, about teeth and nose and, and anything like that. Some of the pictures that I posted, um, like all the other ones, they're usually a little far off because um, they kind of happen at a, um, it's like on a spur of the moment. It's like, oh, damn, look at there. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it always happens that way because they're a little more elusive than we think they are. Um, but every one that I've ever seen, um, huge ears, huge pointy ears. Uh, and most of the ones that I've seen, there's only been one white one that I've seen. Uh, and the white one that I saw was, uh, stalking deer up a, up a hill. And I saw it from the back and it was extremely broad. Okay, now I'm going to jump in here real quick. Danielle says, do they look like the one from Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> you know, if they did, I think everybody would probably try and have one in their house living with them as long as they wouldn't destroy it. Because I, I, you got to I gotta admit, I love Harry and the Hendersons, and I thought that Bigfoot was just awesome. Danielle. Okay, but here we go. Listen to this. You know, well, let, let, me, let me jump into right this real quick. Mike, let me jump into this. Okay, now, dogmen... From what I understand, okay, uh, although I've never had a personal run-in with one, uh, I have to say that I've sp- spoke to people, police officers, you know, to be more uh, to the point, 
uh, who have had run-in with these creatures within 10 to 15 feet uh, in the Ohio area. And apparently they were making a call for a bear in a trash can. The officer we spoke to said that he arrived at the location, went to the home, spoke with the people inside the house who the guy answered the door. He was armed, had a rifle, said, I've got my dogs in, got the kids, family, everybody's inside. Be careful. This thing's outside. I could hear it digging and rummaging through garbage and whatever else. And it sounds like it's bumped into the uh, house a couple of times. So he goes, all right, not a problem. So he goes back. And you got to remember, this officer has handled a lot of calls for bears. He goes back to his patrol car. He grabs his flashlight and a shotgun. And he goes back around the house to go look. When he stepped around the side of the house, he said he was within 10 or 15 feet from this creature that stood about 8 feet tall. Probably weighed 500 or more pounds. Uh, He said it was standing on two legs. It was facing... To the you know kind of to the side so he actually had a profile view of this thing he said he could see the ears just sticking out of the tuft of the hair on top of its head uh, little pointy ears he said weren't sticking up too far he said it did not have a tail there was no tail on it uh, the bottom half of it was a really canine looking uh, although the feet were not canine feet they were extremely large it had very, very long arms, very long forearms, extremely large hands with claws that were pronounced, were not retractable. And uh, he said he could see the teeth under the gums of this creature. He said the creature never made eye contact with him. He said he had his shotgun up and ready to go. He had a 12-gauge slug in it. And I told him, or I should say I asked him, I was like, why didn't you pull the trigger? And he told me, he goes, honestly, he said, I don't think it would have ended up in my favor. And you're talking 10 or 15 feet with the 12-gauge slug. So he said he he was terrified. He said this creature never turned to look at him. He said it simply turned away, gave him his back. He says, by the way, the hair from the waist up that he could see was very sparse. It was completely covered in hair but it was very sparse and you could see the skin and you could see the muscles through the through the hair you could see the outline of the muscles you could see uh all the you know, amount of uh of you know how strong this thing was basically he said it looked like a bodybuilder and it turned and it walked away from him on hind legs he said he backed up got back to his patrol car sat down, put the shotgun away, and started throwing up out of fear. He said he's never been so scared in his life. I said, is there any way it could have been a bear? He goes, never. He goes, there's no way. He goes, it wasn't a bear, wasn't a dog, wasn't a wolf. He said, it was none of that. He goes, he goes I don't have any other better way to describe it other than it was a freaking werewolf. He said, and that's like the only life. way it can be described. He says, there's no other animal like it, and I've dealt with a lot. Mark, that's kind of like what you described. I mean, you're ex-military, so, correct? Yep. You know, and you guys are trained. I mean, my brother was Marine Corps and everything else like that. I know a lot of guys that are vets. And you're very well trained. You're very well observant in what your your surroundings are. Uh, you mentioned to me earlier that that was something that when you and uh, your person that was with you, that you that it literally scared you. And, and that says a lot to me. 
It really does. It really does because uh, men like you don't scare easily. Yeah, we try not to. Now, Mark, on that story that I just told you, does that sound more or less like stories you've heard as far as descriptions? And uh, and I know that you've come across these things making sounds and grunts and guttural type tones. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, they. Um, I found out, uh, you know, the last three or four years, I found out that they're, they'll give you warning. Um, they have boundaries. And if you cross those boundaries, they'll give you really good vocal warnings before you you cross too far over that line um i've heard a lot of a lot of warnings <laughs> and i've learned that you do not stay there you do not press it uh you give them respect and you leave that area and you'll always be welcome around it seems like um i mean at first you know i i had a lot of uh where I'd go home and have nightmares, um, just just constant nightmares over it. And the more I started doing it, and the and the, the the more I started realizing what they were, you know, the warnings and respecting that, started getting lighter and lighter. Until now, it's I can go out there now, and and I don't hear that many uh, vocal warnings as as much as I used to at first. Do you think it's because they're starting to recognize you and they're getting used to you? I think the one back in 94 is still out there and he knows who I am. I mean, that's just like any hunting dog. They get a, they get a whiff of your scent. They know exactly who you are from then on. Now, Eddie, that's very true. Go ahead. Eddie, have you heard the, the screams at night, like unexplained, you know, folks videoing like a scream way off far, far out in the distance. Like it's hard to explain. It almost sounds like a banshee or something i don't know around here that's known as la llorona so wait what what's that called la llorona i'll take your word for it the crying the crying woman (laughs) the crying woman that's what it sounds like like some some freaky ass i don't know way out in the hell oh yonder somewhere Uh, you think that's what that might be that's uh that's the legend i mean uh, of la llorona so uh, just got a text from Gordon. He wants to know if the Harry and the Henderson guy has a real wiener or if it's like a, a red rocket like a dog. <laughs> that's from Gordon. That's, that's from Gordon. I'm just, just putting it out there. Or like uh, Jerry says, La Chusa. <laughs> okay. Now, just, just relaying a message. Gordon. Don't kill the messenger. What, what do you think, Mark? <laughs> you think it's a lipstick or what is it? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Red Rocket. That's I'm calling a Red Rocket. <laughs> Which bet begs you, another hey, question. Hey, Mark, I bet you didn't know that this was the kind of sugar you were getting on, did you? Hey, this is <laughs> it's actually better than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> so that begs another question. So if there these things are still out here continuously, they must be mating in some kind of way. So there must be the female version of these things, which is probably totally beat up dog shit ugly um but has anyone ever seen like a female version of one of these things i mean it's probably a national geographic moment if you do but if you do i mean i mean you think about what if they having like a litter of these things like or they having like five pups or whatever you call them or 
Okay. What would you call that? Now, here, here's, here's the thing. Uh, Darren says, I think one of the reasons they're so elusive is probably because they are highly intelligent. Uh, yeah, they're supposed to be extremely intelligent, Darren. And not only that, but they're supposed to be able to kind of get into your own, get into people's minds and get into where they can kind of control them. And they have like these psychic abilities from everything that we've heard about. As y'all remember, at one point in time, we were pretty much Werewolf Central. And this was something that yeah. I learned quite a bit about in a very short time, not wanting. And it, it was, it's a, it's a very strange and odd thing, but we had people that were scared to death that, you know, these things were actually getting into their head and causing people to commit suicides and just, I mean, crazy stuff like that, that, I mean, and people were deathly afraid of this thing. I mean, we were getting emails, we were getting calls, we were getting text messages from people who are just terrified of these things and that they've had encounters and that now that they're, it's haunting their dreams, it's haunting their, haunting their thoughts. Uh, it's getting into their system, getting into their minds, and and people are deathly afraid. And they were thinking that you know these things are going to make me kill myself. What do I do? How do I how do I you know block it? How do I prevent it? Um, there's a lot of uh, speculation when it comes to these things, uh, as well as speculation as far as why they're so elusive and why people don't see them very easily, as well as Bigfoots uh, and and things of that nature, such as a skunk ape and you know the yeti and what have you and so forth and so on but they're starting to wonder now if these creatures cannot or, or can actually uh you know cloak themselves uh by using the fur to and, and being able to somehow control what their fur does in order to cloak themselves and kind of show an image from one side of them to the other so that they kind of disappear into you know the brush or the tree line yeah, just like you saw in uh, Predator. Yeah, and, I was just uh, thinking Predator. So yeah. and, and if this is the case, and you got to remember, if this is the case and these things are able to do this, do you think the military would be interested in this? Oh, yeah. If they can Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell, yeah. You know? Adaptive so, camouflage? Hell, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, now we're talking about the possibility of government involvement. So now if these things are able to cloak themselves like that to keep themselves hidden from people whenever they want, then what's to say that the military isn't involved in this? And back to your question, Jerry, about gene splicing, what's to say they're not trying to do that? What's to say they're not genetically trying to mutate these things with people? Which is another story I heard coming from all rhetoric which we were encountering there for a while so now you've got the possibility of these things actually being messed with uh genetically by the u.s government along with human dna being mixed in and the possibility of trying to uh, create super soldiers of some sort which will at that point in time become incredibly efficient at their jobs Mm -hmm. what do you think of that mark Gary thought i don't know that that almost takes me back to the uh the fact that we, after World War II, brought uh, German Nazi scientists uh, over to our, our North America here, and uh, they were responsible for tons of experiments with animals and people. Um, I mean, you know, are these guys made from a lab somewhere from these nuts, or um, who knows? Scary thought. Yeah, now you what? got Jerry says over here, they possess an enhanced ability like when a cat tricks a mouse or human, kind of almost like a hypnotic type ability, which is what I'm assuming you're talking about, Jerry. And uh, 
and and Dylan was talking about the fact that well maybe they cloak themselves as humans. Well, what if some of these things are humans and they're cloaking themselves as dogmen, uh, which is the way some of the Rougarou are supposed to have been known as doing. Uh, yeah. They're actually people, you know, humans like you and I. And then at a certain point in time, they are able to transform. And not so much like a skinwalker, but more like the actual entity itself. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that, Rick? I heard a lot of, when we're talking a lot of stories walker. growing up on that Rougarou, man. That was, that was a big deal back in Louisiana. I'm from, like, when I tell you I'm from Louisiana, I'm from, like, south Louisiana, like, way south. 60 miles south of New Orleans where I come from. And that was a big deal back then when I was a kid. I remember, you know, the old folks, you know, grandma and grandpa and great grandma and all that, you know, talking about all that stuff. My mom and dad, you know, it was just people talking about it back then. And then it seems like all of a sudden it just stopped. It, no, nobody talks about it anymore. And I, I don't know if the stories are dying out, but it's like, it's just weird. You only hear it from the old folks. Well, I think the stories yeah. are starting to come back now, James, more than anything. Yeah. Rick, your thoughts on this hey. from the Native American's perspective? Wow, you guys hit on some really good points there. I'm I'm very interested in this wow. and that. Um, we have a lot of stories, not only from the northern tribes and up uh, by the Great Lakes, like I said, the uh, Ojibwa, the Huron, the Mohican, Blackfoot, all those tribes up there, they believed in what was called the Wendigo. And I also, with Jerry and I mean, uh, Mark and I talked earlier about how these are being collectively put into um, perspectives of not only the Yeti, um, the Rougarou, the, Mo, um, the Wendigo, and different things like that, okay? We're looking at a collective unit of different, not only sightings, but this phenomenon is going on all over the place as far as what I could tell. There's people that's having um, sightings in Montana, Wyoming, where these things are being, one was shot, they had no idea what it was. And this this is a, a national phenomenon going on right now. Now, Rick, what's the latest stories that you've heard up there, the newest ones that you were able to find on your, uh, while you're searching for the topic? Basically, there is, if we could get somebody an eyewitness account, just like what Mark has had and everything else like that. There are tons of things, just like in the paranormal world and everybody that's on this show knows it, that there are times when we have personal experiences. These people are having these personal experiences with these creatures or this phenomena, so to speak. But the latest thing that's going on right now is the fact that it's becoming more and more elusive, but at the same time, the people that are coming forth with these stories, and a lot of people just like UFOs, they don't wanna come forth because, well, people think they're gonna be freaking crazy, you know? Very true. But there are a lot of people. There Good are point. a lot of people that are coming up now talking about the things that they're seeing out there and the things that, are, that have, um, have changed them as a person. Just like Mark was talking about that question a while ago, Mark, did you believe in this before you saw it? And he said, no, but now he's a believer. You have tons of people now coming forth, Eddie and Mark, James, that are talking about this and actually becoming a believer of not only this phenomenon, but other things that are happening in the spectrum of what we call the paranormal. 
Now, real quick, Mark, get with us a little bit about how you actually go out when you're investigating these and and how do you know where to go? I mean, and and how do you look for the the different types of of evidence when you're out there? Um, Well, like I said, I know the I know the areas like the back of my hand. I've hunted them. I've I've, uh, scouted them um, military style. I've done it. Um, I know that um, when it's cool after a rain, seems like they're very active around that time um that's when you get your best prints um and and they just like cool weather um there's a there's different areas where if there's a lot of people in those areas you won't find them around that area that much Hmm. um the more um you know back in the woods kind of stuff uh that's where you're going to see it that's not to say that I haven't found any big prints around public areas because I have, um, actually some of the biggest ones I've found in public area, but I mean, I can, I can go out on some, um, really back roads around those lakes and find hundreds of them in the same area. Now, let me ask you, I, I know that you go out specifically mainly looking for uh, dogmen. Do you ever come across Bigfoot prints as well while you're out looking for dogmen? Of course, and I have many, many pictures of that. Okay, and the other thing, have you ever been fooled by a print, thinking it might be something, then realized maybe it was a bear track where a bear stepped in its own footprint and created oh, no, I, a large Yeah, I, <laughs> I've been fooled uh, uh, hundreds of times where you'll have a, a double step. Right. Makes it look like a, a much bigger print, and it's actually a coyote doing a double step. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, there are actually bears out there. So yeah, there's bear prints. Exactly. Yes. There are bear prints out there. And I know when I see a bear print, it's like there was a bear right there. Uh, we had a, we had a black bear killed in Norman, Oklahoma last week in a backyard, which is really close to the, the lake. But, um, wow. I come across these, these, uh, four claw, um, and they're usually nice, big, clean, um, Prince, the weird thing about them is though is they're very far apart and it's and it's always it's always in a straight line walking in front you know it's like the feet are in front of each other um and i don't know an animal that does that now darren is asking mark have there been any leaving of gifts any interactions like uh they leave something for you you leave something back for them that kind of a deal because i know a lot of people actually do that and say it works where they may leave like a Bigfoot, uh, an apple or something to that effect. The app, when they come back, the apple's gone. Something else is left for them in its place. Uh, could these dogmen kind of be the same way and maybe uh, do some interaction? Have you tried it? Is it something that you might be willing to try? Maybe jump back on the show with us later and tell us how it worked. I mean, what's your thoughts? Dogmen are warriors. They're not, they're not a, they're not a timid. They're not uh they're not stupid. Um, you're not going to leave them trinkets and gifts and, and uh, go out there and make wolf calls with them because they're going to they're watching you anyway and they're going to look at you and go, "What an idiot!" Um, <laughs> they're they're just not that way. These these things are are um, you know ancient ancient warriors. I mean, they kind of remind me of Anubis uh, the way these things act. They they make it really really clear that you're in my territory. I don't really want you here, but I'll let you go about your business if you don't cross the, the, the boundary. Right. So 
leaving them something like that, I, I don't know. It, it, it would feel to me that I just disrespected them. Hmm. That's interesting that you would think that. That's, you know, that's an interesting thought and an interesting uh, uh, way to look at it. I, I never really thought of it like that. I'm, I think I'm more of the open mind where I think I'd probably give it a try. And if I disrespected him, oops, sorry, and I'd probably get my ass kicked for it. But, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, I, I don't think I would have thought of it like that. But that's an interesting perspective. You know, I'm, thanks for sharing that. Uh, James, back to you on the uh, Rougarou in Louisiana. Uh, what are some of the stories you've heard back in the bayou, in the swamp where you're from? And uh, what have you heard about that? So um, one of them was from Devil Swamp, uh, like the story I told you earlier. The reason I went there is because of the story of the floating lights. Um, there's a lot of a lot of eyewitness, man, I hate to use the word testimony, but stories um, of, of floating balls of light in Devil Swamp. Um, if you look up Louisiana on Google Maps. Swamp gas. Look up, no, 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 no. Swamp gas is one thing. All yeah. that is is methane. And Eddie, you know if you. You, you know, like I do with. We released there. a lot of methane in our day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In fact, I just let a little swamp gas go a minute ago. But, <laughs> but no, yeah, but no. This is this is actual balls of light, like a crystal ball size, like a bowling ball size that floats sideways across uh, Devil Swamp, and it's always a bluish or blue green color, and it, it floats across the uh, the cane fields at like four or five feet high. And swamp gas won't do that. And really, be honest with you, I have never seen swamp gas in my life. Never, not once. And I grew up down in the bayous and the swamps. I've never seen it. I know it exists, but I've never seen it. It's not like a northern light type of thing, if that's what everybody's thinking. But uh, So I've heard that, the balls of light. So that's why I went there initially to look for that in Devil Swamp. And, you know, that encounter with whatever in the hell that was that hit the side of my truck and we took off. I don't know what that was. But just from the old folks, you know, down there talking about it, you know, sitting around like they're all sitting at the table playing cards when I was a kid. And, you know, we're in the living room and we're cutting up and shit. You know, how kids are they, they nosy and they listen to everything. And I remember picking up on that, you know, listening to that. My dad had an encounter in the woods uh, when he was younger. Um, he unloaded his shotgun on something that he seen. It, he said it was like the size of a bull but it's something in the woods. It wasn't a deer. It was just really big animal thing that he could barely see it. It was getting dark, it was getting late. And uh, he unloaded on it and it didn't move. So he decided to turn around and truck ass, get out of there. Uh, he's still to this day, he don't know what it is. Um, just weird stuff like that, you know? And it's not, you know, just in my family, every every family down there has a, a story of the Rougarou or the Fleece Lali or uh, it's different different terminology for it. Uh, it's just really weird stuff, and it's never ever connected with voodooism or any of that shit. It's just always that. It's always that story. You know, it's like trying to compare mm -hmm. UFOs to um, caterpillars. You know, it's just it doesn't work. It's two different right. things. Now I've got one little story I'm going to share with you, and this was well before I knew anything about uh, dogmen uh, or had any idea that these something like that could even exist now i was in heavily into the paranormal still at the time but this right here was an interesting thing that happened i had a camper trailer that i was staying the weekend at over at this place called fort clark springs and it's south of san antonio headed toward del rio and it's close to the area where john wayne filmed the alamo 
Now, Fort Clark is an actual cavalry fort, which was turned more or less into a gated residential community. Beautiful up in there. All the officers' quarters are still there. Nice. It's gated. Uh, unless you, if you don't live there, you, you're not going to be able to go in. And uh, it's in a little town known as Brackettville. And I was staying the weekend over there, and I was just about getting ready to go to sleep, and I stepped outside. And when I stepped outside, it was a very cold night. I remember it was super cold, and I was turning on my propane so that I could turn the heater on. And I looked up, and there was a pack of what, to me, looked like a pack of wolves that were running behind a house that was on the other side of the road from where I was at. Didn't think much of it. I thought, wow, that almost looked like a pack of wolves, but eh, it's got to be dogs. Um, hadn't heard of any wolves in that area ever. Anyway, I uh, went back inside, and I'm, when I say a pack, I'm talking probably eight or ten, what I saw running. And I went back inside, closed the door, locked up, got the heater turned on, laid down. And I was starting to crash out, just starting to get uh, sleepy. When something ran into the side of that camper trailer so hard. And this is a 35-foot camper trailer. Okay? Damn. It's not a little camper trailer. It's 35-footer. It hit the side of that camper trailer so hard, I thought it was going to knock it off its blocks. Where the, you know, the block that you put on front, you know, on that front wheel where you take it off your truck. It mm-hmm. felt like it was almost going to knock it off that. It moved it. It was like a car hit it. Damn. And I was like, what the hell? I grabbed my pistol, jumped up, ran outside, and there was nothing except crickets. Now, the ground over there is hard as a rock. It's like cement. So there was no prints, nothing like that. But whatever it was hit the side so hard, it made a small indention on the side of it. And, and this is a you know, good metal side uh, camper trailer. It's not you know cheaply made. And it pushed it in, and including into the frame area, but there was nothing there. I mean, I was up in a matter of seconds and out the door. So I don't know what it was. But it wasn't until later, after all this stuff started happening, that I started thinking, maybe there was something more to that. What's your thought on that, Mark? Well, given where you were and what you saw, I mean, the, the pack of wolves... I mean, we've always heard that, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but we've always heard that dogmen, uh, they've got their little minions with them. They've got wolves with them. They've got coyotes with them. Um, they kind of run in a, um, like a hierarchy, um, where you'll see, I'll, I'll see huge prints. I'll see small prints. I'll see even smaller prints and they're usually all together. And it would make sense that uh, it makes sense that they would all hang with each other, I guess. And that's weird saying that it hit the side of your camper like something hit the side of my truck. You know, maybe right. you have a thing for provoking whatever's in the area. It doesn't See, matter if it's a that, vehicle or not. That's what that's what it reminded me of when you were telling the story, and that's why I just told that one because that was a story yep. that popped in my head when you said that. Um, it's weird. Now, uh, Darren Wedlock wants to know, Mark, did this change your life for the better or for the worse? <laughs> these encounters 
Well, um, it, it caused me to be more open-minded uh, uh, to what's going on around us. So I would say that's probably for the better. For the better? Um, yeah, as far as uh, knowing, you know, what dangers out there now, you know, like you said about the trader, you probably just got to warn it. It's usually what they do. Right. Uh, you Now you got to look around. Uh, you, you have to watch where you're going. You have to watch watch what's going on around you very closely now. Um, so it, it kind of it's kind of like a bittersweet, you know, you know, kind of got a double-edged sword there. Right. Okay. Well, we're just about out of time. I want Mark to uh, tell us a little bit about what he's going to be doing here and what he's going to be opening up and and making happen. Uh, where, you know, he can be talking about the dogman more and uh, then we're going to go into closing comments starting off with james after that then rick then myself so mark you got the floor buddy yeah man i'm going to be doing i'm going to start my own channel on youtube here pretty soon um and i'm going to do a lot more uh infield uh you know i bought a lot of gear to where i can go infield now and and uh actually get video now instead of just you know pictures Uh, i've been been, you know, I've been told that you know video a lot lot better uh, with this. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get some uh, maybe some interaction, maybe some movement on stuff that I've seen that I've only taken pictures of. But uh, I'm going to get out a lot more. Um, probably have a couple more people with me to help me, and uh, we'll just go from there, man. I mean, I that's why you know I sent pictures, I put pictures to Eddie. Um, people have to know about this stuff. I, you know, I start thinking, man, there's a lot of people that go missing in these forests and these national parks mm-hmm. and they don't know what's going on. I mean, they don't know where to walk. They don't know what to stay away from. They don't know a warning if they, they, they hear it. Um, so it's about time to, you know, let people know, man, because what, you know, how many people do we have uh, missing a year ago on in America alone? Right. Yeah. And the, and the parks never announce it. They never tell you how many. But these are people that show up missing, hunters that show up missing. They leave their rifle, they leave their boots, and they're they're just gone. And I mean, no hunter is going to leave their boots or their rifle behind, ever. No. no. So no. Yeah, I can I can totally get that. So everybody, keep a check with Mark if uh, he's gonna he's on my Facebook page. If you would go follow him and uh, keep a check whenever he uh, gets his YouTube up and show him some love and join up and uh, follow him there. And uh, we're gonna start off with uh, closing comments with you, James. Knock it out. Well, I think, you know, for one thing, the Parks and Recreation Division, they're not going to say how many people are, go missing per year because, you know, it's bad for business. You know, these guys, that's, they make their revenue off of, you know, dues and fees and things like that. And, um, you know, so I think that's that's one reason why they're not going to come out and say anything. Number two, uh, normally on this show, I say, you know, keep your eyes to the sky. But apparently, uh, if you're in the woods, the sky is your last of your concern. Um, because if you hear any kind of banshee sounding screams or something like that, you you need to get the hell on out of there and get the Donald duck away from town because apparently there's shit out there that we don't know what it is. And, uh, like I said earlier, I don't think we begin to scratch the surface on, on the species of things that are in the forest and, and in our oceans. Um, you know, it's, I think it's important to, uh, to try to investigate and find out what's out there, but you know, at the cost of, you know, (laughs) Are you going to be like COVID and live in fear the rest of your life and never walk into a set of woods again, uh, like wearing a face mask, which makes me sick. But anyway, um, there's things out there we don't know of. And uh, 
I'd say, you know, stay armed and stay vigilant and be very careful when you go out in the woods and, and try to do things. Try to go to populated areas and, I mean, shit. Yeah, Mark, if you can make this public and uh, kind of get it out there and, and start putting some evidence together and stuff like that, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that'll take off like a rocket, brother. Big time. Hey, congratulations on all your success and uh, hopefully the, uh, the channel, which I'm sure the channel will do well. Looking Thank forward you, to it. Awesome. Rick Warren. Mark, thank you for being on the show, man. I really, really enjoyed your uh, company. And uh, I'm going to follow along the same lines what James said, because we're here to locate and to find out what is paranormal. A lot of the people that walk into the paranormal will tell us that we're nuts, that we're crazy, we don't know what you're talking about, so on and so forth. But until you as a person i've had a personal experience like i have mark has james has i know eddie has then you're gonna not be a part of that club that comes to the fact that there is a reality within the paranormal that you will face when you come face to face with encounter one of these type of ordeals and i'm looking forward yeah, right. to those people i'm looking forward to those people that have that ability to sit there and learn from these experiences not make fun of them okay but I mean, literally learn from what we can gather from. That's why we get together like this is to learn. We want to know what is out there. I want to know what is in the paranormal. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark, thank you so much, my brother, for being on the show with us. Like I said, I, I was really looking forward to this show. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make it and make it happen. I know you had to do some last-minute things as far as getting a camera and microphone and all that together, but it, it, it worked out great, and uh, you got it up and running, so that's a good thing. So you're that much closer to getting your channel going. And believe me when I tell you that we're all going to be following you and uh, following along and promoting you as well on, uh, on our channel mm -hmm. and our shows. And uh, yep. hopefully we can get it out there and, and get some more uh, evidence out to show everybody that these things do exist. They are real. And when you're out and about, you do need to be cautious as far as what you're doing and, and where you're hanging out at. Because, I mean, like you said, there's so many people that go missing every year. And it's a shame that we don't know where they're going. We don't know where they're ending up. We're not finding bodies. We find their guns. We find their boots. That's it. That's so, it. I mean, it's yeah. a scary thought. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we do need to be careful because we are not only out there hunting we're being hunted as well so we need to you know use caution no matter what 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 it is that we're doing or where we go but uh absolutely man uh, if y'all want to get go to uh mark's facebook page and he's got some photos and stuff on there as well that you can see on some of the prints that he's captured uh i don't know if some of you may have seen the advertisement for the show tonight if you look in the comments we do have some photos on there of uh, some uh, paw prints and what have you that he did locate while he was out and about. So until next time, everybody, we love you. Thank you also very much for being on the show with us. Thank you for your comments, everybody. Uh, for those of you that are new to the channel, new to the show, thank you so much. Please follow us. Uh, join us. Follow us. Share the page out. Let's get it out to as many people as we can. We appreciate it all. Lis listenership is always our best advertisement, and uh, we want to get it out there to as many as we can. So, uh, Take care, everybody. Until next Saturday, God bless. We love you. Stay safe. And always look up and look around now because it's not only up, yep. it's everywhere. So take care, everybody. Adios. Later, guys. Adios. Later. Thank you.
Ha, ha, ha.